This episode of All Have Another Podcast is brought to you by Prep Dish. Prep Dish is a healthy subscription-based meal planning service. You guys go back and listen to episode 118 of this podcast and hear from the founder and CEO, Allison Schaff, who is a dietitian who created this awesome business. Let her do the work for you. They have paleo and gluten-free meal options as well as dairy-free. They send you a detailed grocery list organized by category. You take it to the store, you prep your meals on Saturday or Sunday or whenever your week starts and you are ready to go for the whole week. Prep Dish is giving you guys a free two-week trial. Listeners of the show, two weeks for free. Check it out. Go to prepdish.com slash another and use the code another to get two weeks free. Try it out. You guys won't be disappointed. And thank you, Prep Dish, for supporting this podcast episode. Hey, everybody. Welcome to All Have Another Podcast with Lindsay Hine. I'm your host, Lindsay. Thank you so much for being here today. I am so excited to have you. And today you're listening to episode 120. And we have a fashion model on the podcast, Candice Huffine. She is a plus-sized model. She has graced the cover of several magazines, including Women's Running Magazine, but also Vogue Italia. And she also has started her own company called Day One, where she designs clothing for women of all sizes, sizes 2 to 32. Candace has run the Boston and the New York City Marathon. And Guys, she is so fun to talk to. She's got a great personality. You're going to understand why she's made it to where she is today. She's also the founder of Project Start, which is an initiative to inspire all women to begin their running journey. Candice is great. You guys are going to love this episode with her. If you're loving the show, I would appreciate a rating and review on iTunes. I'm at 925, guys. 75 more to get to 1,000. Um, it's one of the best ways potential new listeners can find us. So I really appreciate everybody who has taken time out of your day to do that. It is super simple to do. You guys can just go to your podcast app, search my show, I'll Have Another with Lindsay Hine podcast, click on the little icon, scroll down to almost the bottom, and you will see a place to leave uh, a rating. There's five-star options. You guys leave the option of your choice. And then underneath that, you can see there's a little place to write a review. And I really appreciate Everybody who has already done that, you guys are awesome. What a great community we have over here. Hey, you guys can follow me. You can find me on Instagram. I'm lindsayhine626. And make sure you join our Facebook group, you guys. That is where it is happening. That is where the community gets a little bit more tight-knit. I will put the link to the Facebook group in the show notes at lindsayhine.com. But if you just go to Facebook, you can search I'll Have Another Podcast with Lindsay Hine group, and you'll find us over there. All right, guys, let's go ahead and get this conversation started with Candice. Enjoy. I'm really excited to talk to you today, Candice. I'm excited to talk to you. Thank you so much. We have Candice Huffine on the podcast today, and Candice is in New York City. She was just talking about how crazy the weather is there right now. Like, what's going on? Is it is it storming where you are? It's raining. It's cold. There's no spring on the horizon. <laughs> it's just not motivating whatsoever. <laughs> I try to not let weather depress me, but I'm so ready for it to be warm. I'm so ready to just wear like summer dresses. Yeah. And I usually don't. I kind of like the winter in New York. I think it's really fun. But this, I feel like I reached my limit this year. I'm, I'm, I, it officially got to me and I'm just like a 
sour pants because of it. <laughs> yeah. Well, Candace, you are a model, you're a runner, your wife, your dog mom. What other words would you use to describe yourself? That is so funny because I'm currently working on a written interview for a brand out in the UK. And the first question was, who are you? And I literally started it with the same exact thing you just said. All four of those things? Yeah, that's so crazy. It was like, yeah, wife, puppy mom, good time haver, encourager of being yourself. (laughs) There there was just a few I added more to the end, but that's almost word for word exactly what I said. (laughs) Well, I've clearly, I guess I've done my research really well. I love it. And those are the most important things. Well, let's ever give everybody kind of like an introduction of you. You started, so tell everybody the story basically back in the day when you were 15 and you went to um, try out the modeling thing in New York and you were told, hey, if you want to do this, like that's fine, but you need to lose 20 pounds. Can you kind of just start there with your story? Oh, yeah. So I um, only had modeling in mind as a passion and dream and goal and life journey. Um, so when the time was right, I went to New York to like take what was mine and get this contract and get started, um, to obviously a minor, which felt like a very major setback at the time, um, and roadblock in that turns out I wasn't really the right size to be a model or the shape or size to be a model, um, which was really surprising to me because I felt like I was a very fit healthy girl. And yeah, I had curves and hips and I just, I was very happy with my body and I just didn't think that that was something that was a deterrent. Um, so it was a very surprising start to get me where I am now. But thankfully I always look, you know, I look back on that girl and I'm like, well, I'm glad she didn't give up, which ended up being, I guess, a common trait of mine that I've learned again here recently, but I'm glad that she didn't just quit when she was told no there because turns out I, I was able to do what I dreamt of doing. I just went in it a way that I didn't expect. And so I signed, um, a contract the next day after all the, a day full of rejection, I was offered a contract by one agency to be a plus size model. So that was a special sort of um, division that was created at the time for girls that were above a size 10. So I did not see anything shameful or wrong with that. I wasn't quite a size 10 at the time. So I was really surprised and confused. Um, but I was told that I, you know, being a plus size model, you could kind of just, just be and be who you are and, be the size that you are and and I could still work as a model. So it sounded amazing to me. So I signed up and here we are. Well, I guess my thoughts are like, as a 15 year old girl, I feel like so many girls, not women yet, you know, would hear that news and say like, Oh, I'm, I'm going to go try to do that. Like, what was it? How your parents raised you? Like, how did you have that? How did you have such a healthy mindset and outlook and body image you know, like you viewed your body so well at that age. And I feel like that's something 15 year old girls really struggle with. Oh, I know. I ha- honestly, I'm like, who was this, this amazing person back then? <laughs> because obviously, I mean, as a, a, you know, growing into a woman, you don't have that confidence 100% all the time. So it's a good thing that I had a touch of it at that time when I needed it the most. Um, yeah, I often look back and I'm like, what an interesting fork in the road that was handled so well. I mean, listen, I'm not going to lie. I 
I definitely like protested and fought back about the, about signing on as a plus size model because I didn't underst- understand what that was. And I thought that meant I couldn't do mm. real modeling or like what I had come there to set out to do. Um, and also I was, I was a size six at the time. So I was very confused by why this was a separate category, but in a way I feel like it was almost like it was, everything was exactly meant to be as it was because it created almost like a fight within me to really diversify the industry and kind of wave the flag for being like, Hey, uh, I deserve to be here no matter what size I am. Why is it just these girls get these opportunities and these girls who are a certain size, you know, they kind of stay in the shadows. Yes, we're working and we're making money, but like if you would put us at the forefront, you would see that it would be, we would fit there. We would be a perfect match. So I kind of, in a way, I guess that sort of set me off on like this mission that I've kind of been on for like almost two decades. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I mean, it was, it was the right kind of like sass and attitude at just the right time. Like I was very proud of the body that I was, that I had, that I was in. I was athletic. I was a cheerleader. I played lacrosse. I was fit. I thought I looked great and cute. And so I wasn't really going to let anyone kind of take that away from me. I mean, I think the whole thing was very confusing at the start. Um, I just knew that losing the weight that was asked from the other agencies just wasn't an option because I was like, I mean, I'm, I'm active and I'm young. So how do you expect that I'm going to lose 20 pounds? Like, doesn't mean it doesn't even seem possible. So there was a, a force like smarter and bigger than me at the time. I feel like that was like, all right, well, that's not going to be an option for you. Cause the only way you could go about that wouldn't be healthy. So plan B, um, And it all really worked out exactly like literally 100% how it should have. Yeah. I mean, if you would have tried to go lose the 20 pounds, like think about what an unhappy, like hungry life you would have lived for those next, you know? Yeah. I mean, I'm from like, my parents are from the South. Like my dad, you know, our meals are robust. I feel like if I came to the household one day and was like, oh, by the way, I'm not eating any of this (laughs) stuff so I can be a model. Like no one would have let me do that in the first place, no matter how big that dream was. So you know, it just wasn't, it was something that was just unnecessarily asked of me. And I'm glad I didn't even entertain the idea. So do you think that there was, and do you think that there still is, but it's getting better, a negative association with the word plus size model? I think it's definitely getting better. I mean, there's been a lot of conversation around its meaning and why it exists and what we should do about it. Um, I think back then, 15 year old me, I didn't think that it was the most pleasant of words because that's what we've been sort of predisposed to believe. That's the kind, that's the way that like a plus size woman or, or plus size clothing had always been portrayed to us, um, publicly is that, it, you know, you didn't want to have to go into the special section and those clothes were bad. And that means, you know, that means that woman is unhealthy. And so you always had a negative connotation with what that word was. And when they told me I was going to be a plus size model, that I was really worried. I was worried about what my friends would think, what my boyfriend would think. And I was like, I don't identify as that woman. Look at me. And like, look at the size jeans that I'm wearing. And I really was like kind of putting up a fight for it. And now I've spent so long in this industry, I realized like everything we ever knew or what we've been taught to see and believe and like the portrayal of, from society, it's just wrong. Like, 
that woman has a label and that's not a bad label at all, but she has a label on her. That's not really necessary to, to be there. Like she's just, regardless of what size a woman is, like she doesn't, she's not separate. And just because she's above a certain size, I mean, I feel like giving this label to just that woman has put her in a totally different category unfairly for all these years that we're like trying to obviously break the doors down of now. Yeah. And I mean, I'm not in the fashion or modeling world, but it seems like from the outside looking in, um, there's still like this split, but we are seeing more and more plus size models for lack of a better term. Um, you know, like on the covers of magazines and you're seeing more mannequins. Like when I walk into target now, I'm seeing more plus size mannequins even. Are you happy? And do you feel good about, you know, how you've been a part of the progress? Oh yeah. I mean, it's amazing. And obviously there's still so much yeah. to conquer in an exciting way. I mean, if you've reached it, if you've done it all and reached it all, then it'd be a little bit stressful figuring out where to go next. But yeah. the point is you can still keep growing and progressing and getting better. And you can't go wrong with representing women and, and who they are truly. And it's never going to be a negative thing for a brand or a, or a store or a company to represent everyone fully. It's got to be so it's, it is so refreshing. I mean, I'm obviously very privy to noticing the changes because I've, this is the world that I'm, I'm in. And so if there is a mannequin, that's a different size, like I'm zeroed in on it and I notice, but it's just really cool. The integration of it for just anyone, any woman of any size, really, like it's got to just feel really nice. And, and normal. And that's the way it should have. And I think that women probably didn't realize that there was this great divide and, and problem that existed until we've really put a voice behind it, which comes as a product of like the times that we're living in now as well. And that like we have platforms to express our frustrations and need for change and things like that. And so I do think it's helped um, amplify or, or speed up the process and really making things the way that we always kind of hope that they would be. Now you've been on the cover of L Vogue Italia, <laughs> uh, women's running magazine. Ooh, what a, how <laughs> dive, what a, what a range. Look at that. What, 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 range. what point in your career of all these, you know, exciting ventures. I mean, you've now been a part of fashion week too, obviously. Um, what, at what point were you like, this is a huge stepping stone in my career. And I feel like I've made it in this world. Oh, <laughs> there's so many, I've been, feel like I've been having those moments for a long time now. I mean, cause n nothing will ever feel like I've been there, done that. I've, I mean, this is something that I've always wanted since I was a kid. And I feel like every, every stepping stone, every moment, every like, you know, major thing that happens to me personally and professionally is always a pinch me moment because it's like, wow, I'm really here doing this. This is my life. Um, the other shoe like isn't, isn't dropping and that's incredible. Um, I would say that one re like v very recent one was, was the cover of L actually, because I spent a, a very large portion of my career in the, in the beginning years kind of just working silently and, and, quietly in Europe only. And I had a very successful career in Europe and I did a lot of like catalogs for German, um, clients and English clients. And so like I had been working for years, 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 but never really had a name in the States. And, um, you know, I would do all these cool, really awesome magazines and things like that. And then, 
you know, I even had a hard time like figuring out how to get one for my mom. Like my mom would be like, well, I'm going to go to Barnes and Noble and try to order it, but I don't know if we're going to be able to get it here. And so like for, to be on the cover of an American magazine, which I've been reading since I was a kid and knowing that like my mom, my grandma, a girl that I don't even know who's my size, who's been wanting to be represented and hasn't seen herself in publications, like could literally just like walk down the grocery store aisle and see me was really, it felt like, well, this is, this is what I've been waiting for. So was that 2016, 2017? It was, yeah. Uh, the year before last. Yeah. Okay. So how did that cover come about? Like, what was the process? Um, well, I had been working with the L team, um, for some other editorial stuff prior and obviously inclusivity is a huge topic of conversation now. And, and if you don't represent women truthfully and wholly and rightfully, I've, you know, they will let you know that you didn't serve them. So, you know, I think that in casting these days, clients and and magazines and designers and things, they are constantly like brainstorming on how to truly represent the women that they are creating for really. So I think it was a product of the time and and I had been working with them before. So we knew each other and and it came at just the right time for everybody. So in uh, 2014, was it 2014? I think it was okay. 2015. I like won this cover runner contest. So I was on the cover of Women's Ready Magazine as well. Um, Amazing. I bet I know which one then. Well, I, I, you know, it's like, I'm not a model. It's not my thing at all. But my point is, is that when I won that contest, I was like, uh, newly pregnant. And so when Jesse, the, um, editor called me to tell me I won, I said, well, just so you know, like I'm going to be pregnant on the, on the cover, but I was like early enough that I wasn't really showing, but I wasn't like completely comfortable with my body. Cause I was like 14 weeks, you know, mm-hmm. but I just thought it was cool that women's running was like, we could care less if you're pregnant, if you're kind of showing, showing a little bit, showing a lot, like yeah, it doesn't matter. Like, fun. yeah, yeah. Like we just want you on the cover and however your body is when you're on the cover is good with us. And they also didn't care. Like if we mentioned if I was pregnant or not pregnant or if that's just what I looked like. So, I mean, I think that women's running too has done a really good job with that in particular. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. They were, they were a standout for sure. You could tell that they were really at the forefront of like making a committed change to putting a wide variety of different kinds of, of female runners on their cover. And that's exactly what we need. Like that is exactly what the fashion industry needed to do more of. So, but back to Elle, is that like, I mean, is that every supermodel's dream, like to be on the cover of a magazine like that? Yeah. I mean, I would, I don't want to speak for everybody, but (laughs) yeah, I mean, like when I used to do beauty pageants, it would be like the big dream is like to be Miss America Uh and to be a model, the big dream is to be on the cover of a magazine. So I would say, yeah, I mean, you, I mean, you probably saw when you walked by yours, that was like up on the shelf with all the other magazines. Like it's never, it's just such a great feeling. It's not, you'll, it would never get old. <laughs> yeah. And is Elle and Vogue, are those like, are those like the highest fashion? I mean, you have to fill me in, you have to school me on the fashion stuff. Cause oh, I, yeah, I don't I mean, know. Yeah. 
every little girl wants to be on the cover of Vogue. I mean, the cover of a magazine, just the, to see a woman who you identify with that could stare back at you from the front before you ever pick it up and, and dive inside. And, and, you know, in the past you'd have to just, if you got represented at all, you know, you might find a page that where you saw a small picture of a girl who looked like you. And I just remember as a kid, like looking through these magazines and I, I, I loved the supermodels of the nineties and stuff. And I do feel like I identified with like, there was one that I always like kind of gravitated towards, which was Letitia Costa. And I realized it was because she was the curvier of that like iconic group of women. Mm-hmm. Um, even though like she was never, she was never marketed that way. I and mean, she's just a gorgeous woman, but I was always constantly looking for somebody I think that made me feel like I was like who I was supposed to be and that I should be okay with my body. Um, so if there's someone who can just make you feel at ease in that day or just like make you smile because you feel seen and that's on the front of a magazine before you ever have to like sift through. I mean, it's just, it means a lot. It means a lot as a viewer and it means a lot as the person who's on the front because you know that you're serving and representing a community that really is not been fairly seen prior. So you just know that you're like making, you're also part of a huge change. You're make, you're a small part of like literally changing the world. Yeah. I know that sounds, that sounds like I'm making like <laughs> a photo, a really <laughs> big, big, big deal, but it does, it does. It change. It really does shift things. Well, you know, it's like that saying, it's like, you can't change the whole world, but like you can change something for one person and think about all those one people, you know, like all those 25-year-old girls or however old they are looking at that magazine like that trickles and that does change the world so yeah I get what you're saying exactly and then you know we also going back to like being in times where we can really express that and use our voices it's like prior to you know a few years ago like you would kind of like take these photos or and send them out into the world not knowing if anyone cared or saw them or if it was really making a difference and everything felt like it was taking so long that you weren't really sure if it was ever going to become a day where you would have the cover by yourself or you would really be the face of this, you know, fashion brand or something like that and you would wonder if if anyone was noticing. And then now we're in a time where it's like some, you know, one person, a stranger can write you and say I went to the beach today and I was for the first time really, really comfortable. Like that, that's why you do it. That's what makes the difference. Yeah. So you started running in 2016 because your husband dared you to race a half marathon. I know (laughs) (laughs) you had to step up. You couldn't let him just dare you and not do it. So I didn't realize that I was so, uh, susceptible to dares. I guess I'd never been dared before, but geez, effective. So how did that decision, I mean, at the time you didn't realize it, but two years later, you know that it changed your life. How did it change your life? Oh my God. It changed everything. It's so crazy. So it's like, I cut to like right now us talking and, and I've completed two marathons last year in one year. I don't know. I just went zero to 60 really on this running, (laughs) but, um, 
it just changed my perspective on like what I'm capable of doing. And it almost like reminds me a little bit of that girl who was 15 standing in those agencies. Who's like, hi, I'm here. Like, let's do this. I I'm going to be a model. It's like somewhere along the lines, I kind of, I don't know. I started to overthink things or start to have doubts about my capabilities or what I, what I can do. Am I skilled enough for these things? Am I smart enough for these things? And what, you know, and so I feel like in growing up, you kind of become overly cautious maybe or fearful and I don't even know, busy. And so like simply, very simply, you become busy. And so you don't take on new challenges. And there's just a whole slew of things that I realized I was holding myself back from. And, and I kind of, it almost was like a weight got lifted and it really stemmed from taking on this dare. Like I realized looking back, like in the whole process of learning how to run and training for these races and running these races and being very vocal about my journey and, and, you know, starting a community with other women who wanted to start running and sort of just putting myself out there. I realized there isn't anything that I can't do. And I was holding myself back. And so I kind of just needed to like get unstuck. And it all came from this one random, random dare over margaritas at the end of the year. (laughs) Did your, he runs too, doesn't he? Yeah, he had before. He had started, I think he had been running for like two years prior to the dare. Um, and I watched how it changed his life. He became a different person for the better. And he he was so happy with his transformation. And not even physically. Like anytime I'm talking about like our journeys or our transformations or life-changing things, they have nothing to do with our bodies. Like I feel like I almost never mention anything that like my body, like any way that my body looks different or anything. Cause it's, it was such like a, a non a, event. It was just like not, not applicable to the whole, my whole story of like how I'm here. Mm-hmm. Um, and same with him. Like he just felt better. He felt more creative. He felt lighter and happier and all these things. But yet I still wasn't inspired by that in a weird way. <laughs> like, I still just like watched him leave for his run and <laughs> goodbye. And I don't know. I don't, it, I, you know, everything really does happen for a reason and when it's supposed to and how it's supposed to. And that, you know, him asking me on that particular day, there was, it, it really resonated in some way. I don't know if it's like the structure in which he asked and it needed to, instead of suggesting I should go on a run with him, which, I used to like, it used to make me mad for some reason. I'd be like, why? Like, why do you, what do you want me to, you want me to be a different person? You want me to lose? (laughs) I started to pick fights over something that clearly I was just afraid of. So he read, you know, I guess he restructured the same question in a different, put wrapped in a different package. And here we are. Maybe it was the number of margaritas you were in. Tis true. Tis true. <laughs> go, to, go to a brunch and then you'll find <laughs> some crazy things. <laughs> so what did you like marathon training is obviously very time consuming. So what did you, I mean, what did you eliminate? How did you make time for it? I mean, you're training for a marathon, you're running like, you know, two to three hours on a Saturday morning. How did you yeah, change, change that? Exactly. So I just, um, I stuck really strictly to, or not strictly, but I was kind of very tethered to, um, virtual trainers because that was something I could take with me on the go. Um, cause I travel a lot for work and the beauty of 
you know, choosing running as your sport is that you really can just put, you know, I can always have a pair of running shoes in my bag. Um, it's just obviously making the time to do it was an added challenge to the already challenge of like, you know, quick trips to LA where you kind of land late, you work and then you take a red eye back out. It's like, where do you even begin? Like prior to running, I never like had a ton of free time to like pop down to the gym Mm -hmm. or so I thought until I took on obviously this challenge that I couldn't, I couldn't half step on. So, you know, you, I had to like do a lot of treadmill training in hotel gyms, um, hit the road whenever you can in all kinds of random cities. So like my Strava had all kinds of paths on it, um, from trying, you know, getting out and running when I was away on jobs. Um, and just, you know, I had to make it a priority, which is something that I had never done before. Like in any free time that I had, I was using it to go drink wine, be social, (laughs) um, be really lazy, like be just a, like a binge watching bum, which is also very fun, but it's like, how long was I going to really live that life? You know, I, I think about it and I'm like, what, you didn't do anything productive with any of the free time that you had to make, <laughs> yourself, to make yourself feel good. I mean, those things are obviously fun and I still enjoy them, but I wasn't doing really anything for me ever. Yeah. I was actually, I was just preparing this talk I'm giving tomorrow and I was like putting together like my five buckets of what's important to me. And uh, running is definitely one of them. But the other one I honestly kept on the list was downtime because that is so important. Like those Netflix binges and things like that. Like if you don't make time for that, you'll run yourself to the ground, you know? Oh, definitely. But I just feel like I did so much of that. Uh I never was doing anything for myself to really feel good because so much of that, like, becomes you just are dragging I mean I was just like constantly tired and overworked and I felt like I never had I I think I just wasn't using my time wisely in order to feel good from the inside out so running was such a nice shake up there because I was like oh my gosh like even in 30 minutes like I'm euphoric and I feel so much better and then you know, a phys- like, aside from the physical aspect that was so like such an aha moment for me of, of just feeling better in my body, it was just the mental clarity too. It's like, even though I was sort of like lounging out and I thought that I was like relaxing and taking this downtime, I wasn't, I was almost just shutting down too much. And so giving myself this time to like kind of just unplug and like even just listen to some music that I hadn't in, in a while that I would been wanting to like to catch up on or podcast or anything like that. Like I don't, I just felt like I just often wasn't giving myself that kind of nice time, which falls into a self care bucket, I would say as well. Like it turns out I wasn't giving myself any of these things to be like a person that I was really proud of. Yeah. I know. Like even when I'm not training for something, I just tell my husband, like, I just need like 30 minutes because I'm going to be a nicer mom, a better mom, a nicer wife. And like, I don't care if there's no end goal of a race right now. I just need 30 minutes to get my mental clarity. So you ran last night actually. And I, but I also tried to like wiggle out of it because I was thinking, well, I kind (laughs) of need to go get my nails done. And then even Matt was like, you know how much, how great you're going to feel if you just go out and do the, and just go out for 30 minutes. And I was like, 
you're right again. Did you get your nails done afterwards or did you have to yeah, skip? Because really that wasn't like, I didn't really mean to, but I was thinking like, oh, you know what? I'm going to just unwind like that. But really uh-huh. I had a good time. Like I listened to Wilson Phillips on repeat and <laughs> ran a few miles and felt great. Yeah. All right, guys, I want to jump in real quick and thank a couple sponsors who are making this show possible. Thank you so much to Casper Mattress for supporting this episode of I'll Have Another. Podcast listeners, you are invited to take advantage of Casper's competitive limited time Memorial Day sale offer. Start your summer off right by choosing the Internet's favorite mattress this Memorial Day. You can be sure of your purchase with Casper's 100-night risk-free sleep-on-it trial and returns are hassle-free if you're not completely satisfied. The breathable design of each mattress helps you sleep cool and regulates your body temperature throughout the night. This is the place to shop for your Memorial Day mattress savings. They sell directly to you, eliminating added cost and saving you money. For a limited time, visit casper.com slash savings and receive 10% off your order with any mattress purchase. This special offer expires May 29th, 2018. Terms and conditions apply. So go to casper.com savings and receive 10% off your order with any mattress purchase. This special offer expires May 29th. All right, guys, I also want to thank Four Sigmatic for supporting this episode of the podcast. Four Sigmatic makes drinking mushrooms, yes, drinking mushrooms, delicious and easy to do with a wide variety of super food and super good for you beverages. Some of my favorite products at Four Sigmatic include the Lion's Mane Elixir and the Chaga Elixir. Glenn regularly drinks the Rishi Elixir to relax at nighttime. And here's the new thing they have going on. They have latte mixes. They have a chai latte, they have a golden latte. Very delicious. I just tried the golden latte the other day. I'm loving it. I drink it in the afternoon. That's like my afternoon pick me up when I'm at home. And you guys can try all of those things or one of those things or whatever you'd like for 15% off. When you go to foursigmatic.com slash another, and use the promo code ANOTHER. That's foursigmatic.com slash another. Use the promo code ANOTHER for 15% off. You guys can find all the sponsor information on the show notes at lindsayhine.com. All right, you guys, let's continue my conversation with Candace. So you ran Boston and New York last year. I did. Um, I know you're a New Yorker, so yeah. that's like got a special place in your heart. But you have to pick which experience did you like better. Oh, I'm a Libra. I can't pick anything. <laughs> so that's going to be my way to get out of that one. Um, I mean, New York is amazing. I mean, I feel like New York hands down. I don't want to like throw any shade to Boston. <laughs> I think that Boston is going to be always a special circumstance because it was my first. And so like all of the emotions and things that get wrapped up into that are unique into that race, um, which I was actually happy not to take into New York because it made it all the more fun for me because I had, I already knew what to expect. I didn't have to like, you know, spend that morning just completely on edge, anxious, exhausted from just being nervous I could kind of like arrive to New York feeling like I belonged there and I was ready. Um, 
and also it's just, you know, it was fun. I felt like, I felt like I saw someone I knew in every, you know, at every mile, which was just super cool. My doggy came out and gave me a kiss on one of them. And yeah, it was just really like my girlfriends popped in for a mile. It was a really, really special day. And I mean, no race goes like with a dry eye. Like I feel like I cry. I don't know if anybody else cries this much during, (laughs) (laughs) but between like the right song coming on at the right moment and just like maybe physical exhaustion. Like I just feel like I get so overwhelmed with like amazement and pride or something that I'm just like, wow. But then I, I have so much further to go that I'm like, wait a second. Don't crumble don't lose it yet. <laughs> you have to finish still. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, I would say, I would say New York, but Boston, I mean, Boston is like a pinch me moment. It's not lost on me how important that race is to yeah. so many people. Yeah. And I really felt quite honored to be there and a little undeserving, to be honest. Um, But I'm like, what a bucket list moment I didn't even realize I had on my bucket list, to be honest. Yeah, I cry at the end of marathons usually. I usually save it for like the last 200 meters. But yeah, I'm definitely a crier too. I need to like, I need to dry it up. Like it's just (laughs) so inconvenient because then you can't breathe properly. Yeah, Yeah, you got to like steady your breath again after you. I mean, I know because the last marathon I ran at the finish, I was like, sobbing and this random like volunteer army guy was trying to like console me but what he didn't know was that my husband actually ran the race with me so like he was there to to console me too he was just waiting his turn (laughs) I know I was like okay army guy thank you so much but I'll go hug my husband now well it's funny because when I finished okay so like with Boston I I mean, I like over prepared myself, um, with just like studying, like what to expect, studying the course, studying like what every mile looked like the elevation, everything. I mean, I was like that dude in cool runnings when he like studies the bobsled course in Uh the bathtub. That was me. I had like books on the course, the whole (laughs) nine yards. So prepared. So, and then obviously you go there and you go to the conventions and stuff and, um, or the expos and stuff. And then they, you can even get like, a sort of like a first person view of what the course is and everything. And obviously everybody talk goes on and on about the Sitco sign and its importance and, and what it means. Like when you see the Sitco sign, you have a mile until the finish line. I had also run the 5k on the Saturday before. And so like, I knew what the final end of the course was like. So I saw the Sitco sign, I got to the Sitco sign. And at this point, um, my husband, Matt was, um, on the course next to me on a pair of rollerblades. Aww. He, has a, he was really in a rollerblading phase at the time. And um, and so I see the sicko sign, and that's when I really started to break down because I was like, wow, I'm done. Like, I, I really just did this. I can't believe it. Um, and I, I hadn't really cried that much in that race, I realized, but I think it's because it was so damn hot. Mm-hmm. I probably didn't have any hydration to get. I didn't have any <laughs> to get out. But I saw the sign, and I, like, came to a complete stop, and I had to, like, pull over to the side, and I was like, I really, really broke down. And he's like, what are you doing? And I was like, well, it's over. Like, I know I, I did it. I'm here. And I just need to like get this out of me so that I don't cross the finish line like this because I want to, I want to cross the finish line strong and I don't want to be like with my eyes closed crying and like hyperventilating. So like, I need to take a second and sort of get it out. And he was like, you need to go. He's like, <laughs> you He's like, there's 30 minutes. Okay. And then also, so like, I'm not fast. So uh-huh. we were in time limit here where the race was going to be at a like, <laughs> technical shutdown. 
So he was like, you need to go. There's 30 minutes left in the race. And I was like, it will not take me 30 minutes to run a mile. Like, <laughs> I was so offended by that point. I'm like, oh, come on, I can do this. I can do this in no time. So that was my like, that was my breakdown, my pre-finish line breakdown. Tell me how you and your husband met. Um, we met through a friend, actually, uh, a friend that I went to high school with and he went to college with. And he just came up originally to visit said friend. So I met him, I met him once and then never like talked to him or I think we became Facebook friends maybe, <laughs> uh, but no correspondence. And then almost a year later, exactly, he ended up getting transferred for his job and moved to the city. And so we all kind of reunited because the friend was so excited that his friend, like his boy was in town and finally living here. So we, we were friends for a while in the beginning where we kind of were just like showing him around the city, taking him out. I obviously felt like I wanted to take him out, um, for other reasons than just hanging as a, like, I didn't want to just <laughs> rose with him. I was like, this guy is very cute. We must show him around the city. It's our <laughs> obligation. Um, so yeah, just very like, kind of old fashioned in a way, I guess, like just through friends and hanging out and having a good time at first. And I mean, I really had a crush on him and I made that known. I said, I made it, I, I said, I, I want to be a girlfriend. He was like, I had just moved to the city. <laughs> you ruined I, it. I was going to date around, live it up. Yeah. And I was like, well, fine. I understand. But just so you know, you might need to keep like, keep that at the top of your mind. And it was like, two weeks later that we're like a <laughs> <whole> relationship. <laughs> oh, that's cute. He was like, you tricked me. <laughs> Do you guys run together? Sometimes once in a blue moon. Yeah. Um, we always run every year we run our, there's always a half marathon on our anniversary, on our wedding anniversary. Okay. Um, it's usually one year it was the Brooklyn, uh, no one year it was a rock and roll half. And then last year was a Staten Island half. Um, I mean, it could be cool if it was a 5k on one of these days, <laughs> always a half. Um, so we do that. And, um, and do you stay together in the race? He, he does a charitable act and stays with me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's cool. It is nice. It is nice running with him and it's a special day for us. And once in a blue moon, we'll do like a sunset run across the Williamsburg bridge, which is one of my favorite runs. And that's near our house. But he always has a, a pretty like fast time goal he's trying to get to. So mm -hmm. I don't ever expect for him to really stay with me. I mean, we started, we stood with each other at the start line of the New York marathon and kissed each other goodbye right as the gun went off. Oh, he ran too? Yeah. Oh, cute. What did he run the marathon in? Do you know? He ran, uh, I don't remember. He had a goal. He had a goal in mind and that was his first marathon ever. Okay. He had a goal in mind, um, which he realized at mile 19 that he was off of by like six minutes or something like that. So instead he waited for one of his best friends who, who we were tracking, who ended up, be, who was like 10 minutes behind him. He ended up waiting, um, for him and they finished the race together, which was one of my, one of my favorite stories from race day, because I mean, what a sac like what a sacrifice and aw awesome thing. Like what, it's just so kind and amazing. And like, 
he he said like I'll only probably get this one opportunity to run this race with him. We had to finish it together. Oh, yeah, that's good. I was like, I didn't see anybody jumping in with me. <laughs> they could they could have jumped in after they finished, right? They could have ran the course backwards to find you, right? Mm-hmm. I'm <laughs> glad you're putting that out there now. Yeah. Hello. What's your husband's name again? Matt Powers. Matt Powers. You could in the grandstands. You could actually be an ultra marathoner now because you could have jogged back and jogged in. And that would have put you like what? Like 30, 35 miles. Exactly. Okay. Well, so lazy. (laughs) Yeah. You're so lazy. You just did a marathon. No big deal. (laughs) Um, well you kind of mentioned, uh, inclusivity at the beginning of like us talking about running. And so let's talk about your fashion brand day one, day one. Mm-hmm. Day one. Yeah. Um, and this is an inclusive brand for women of all sizes, it's not not just plus sizes, zero to 32. Zero to 32. Yes. So tell me about the vision for that. And, you know, it's like you see people have this vision. And even with this podcast, it's like I had this vision to start the show. You see people have this vision. But how do you get from A to B to C to fruition, you know? Right. Well, so day one would have never been conceived really if it weren't for this journey I've taken in the running world in the first place. So it's sort of like, just like we were saying earlier, like everything happens exactly as it should and when it should, like that dare brought me to all these finish lines and races and incredible opportunities, which then brought me to, you know, creating this line. And in my history as a model, in trying to diversify fashion so much and using my voice and, and making it a mission to, to really like make this, make, make everything normal for all women so that there is no divide, there's no separation and everyone feels represented and, you know, like they're, things of quality are available to them and, and they have the same experience as everyone else. I came into the running community and realized the same mission was necessary as well. And it, in, in showing that runners don't just look a certain way and all bodies are capable of all things and all bodies are strong and incredible. And we, as women can do anything we put our minds to. And I found that almost the same exact thing, like a mirror image of the portrayal of this kind of woman was the same as, you know, how a model had always been portrayed in magazines years prior. And that there was sort of like one industry standard of beauty and one industry standard of strength and, and what a, you know, what a, an athlete looks like. So I got obviously very, um, you know, deep and, and, and immersed in this community. And, you know, if you go out to any race, and this is what I always was, you know, trying to explain to women who were thinking about starting their running journey. I'm like, before you even sign up for anything, like just go to a race and stand on the sidelines and you'll see that there's so many different kinds of people out there doing it. The doing it is, is possible. Like that is not the hard part. It's, it's actually just getting out, out of our own head, which is the hard part. Um, but anyway, with that, you know, I had an opportunity to partner with a a manufacturer here in New York city to start an athletic line. And one of my very first questions was how, how, how high can we go in sizing? Like what, what are we capable of, of doing immediately? And 
we can have a full size range. And I come from an industry where even if a brand makes plus sizes or, or has, you know, a very extensive size range, there's still always been a divide in what that looks like. So there's sizes like zero to 12, that collection looks a certain way. And then the 14 and up looks a certain way. And by that, I mean, like, it's a completely different design, different options in general, which get completely whittled down. So it's like, you could have an option of 20 leggings on, on one side, and then the plus woman gets two. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I just wanted to sort of blur these lines entirely because it's what I've always hoped for the fashion industry. And now that I'm at the helm of something that I can actually, you know, be in charge of and dictate it was really time to put my heart and passion and, and, you know, money where my mouth is, mouth where my money, however that goes, where you just, you actually just do it instead of talking about it and hoping someone else will. I wanted to be the one that just did it. So, um, yeah, so day one was born and it's for, it's for everyone. I want every woman to, when she wears it, realize she can one, do absolutely anything she even wants to do in it. She can run a marathon or she can like binge watch Netflix. Like we were talking about, (laughs) I just don't want any portion of the sport and the wellness world mixed with fashion coming from the line. I just don't want any part of it to feel alienating for a woman ever. Like I don't want her to feel like, well, I'm not an Olympic speed, speed runner, or I'm not like this teeny tiny, you know, yoga master. So obviously I'm not, I'm not capable of, of moving my body or, or deserving of these things. I don't want anyone to think that they, they can't basically. And so I wanted a line that represented that in, in a physical form. Well, and I love that you tell people to go look at a race because I do think that if you haven't been to a race or, you know, haven't been involved in the community, you probably do think that like, oh, everybody out there, you know, is like a size two or four or whatever. But yeah. It's not true. But I mean, I have to think that if you are struggling to find cute, sleek sizes, you know, that look good. You know what they say? You, you look good. You feel good. You know, want to go run if you're in something that feels good and that you feel proud to be in. So that's got to be hard if you can't find that. Exactly. That's another thing. I mean, that was what was kind of ha- like making me bang my head against the wall at some points. Cause I'm like, you, you want this woman to move her bot. Like you, you think that this woman should move her body because you have a mis informed idea of what, who the plus size woman is anyway, but you think that she should be working out, but yet you won't make her anything to actually work out in. And that's all bullshit anyway, because that woman's not unhealthy. And we know that, but point is she still should have some really amazing high performance quality stuff to do whatever she wants to do. And if she's going to like, if it's going to take her 13 miles or if it's going to take her, you know, to go pick up her kids, But the point is, like, there was always this wall I found in the quality that a woman above a certain size was offered. So that's like almost, you know, it was a stop before she was ever encouraged to start, really, because there was not the actual tools for her to do so. 
Yeah, and I mean, let's be honest, none of us feel good working out in like a big dumpy cotton t-shirt. Oh my gosh, I used to do that. No one <laughs> hated it so much. And that was before I ever ran. But I mean, I would like go to, you know, go to a, a windowless gym and like just crank out, you know, whatever on that elliptical machine and like the same t-shirt I probably slept in. And no wonder we dress <laughs> so much. Like there is really something to looking good first and foremost and like everything is where it should be. And, and these pants are not cutting into me. They're not sliding down. Here's like one whole sort of seemingly miserable thing off the table. Like I don't have to worry about my outfit or how I look because it's going to serve me properly for whatever I'm choosing to do. And then you do, there is like an air about you that comes with it and you feel, you know, you feel like you you're up to par with your peers even, you know what I mean? It's like, we shouldn't just see this certain one certain kind of woman in her really cool pants and her matching top and we can't get it. And we, and, and so it makes you not even feel inspired to go out. Okay. So the, my question is with like the whole like spectrum of sizes, how do you know, like, where do you start and where do you stop? You know, you go all the way up to a 32, but like when, how do you draw that line even? That well, because it was a five X. Okay. The thirty two is equivalent to a five X, and um, that's what my manufacturer and I had fit so far. Um, I guess you can even go past that. I mean, there was an article that I read from a plus size magazine that said that we we forgot to add thirty four and thirty six, which is int- it, like I'm happy to learn that information because I wasn't aware that there was you know how far you you should go past that. Yeah. Um. I think one of the great things about the brand and my partner is that we, uh, the manufacturing partner Zeal, they work on a on an eco friendly model, which means everything is made to order. So we can we can make for anyone at any time, and and there will always be it will always be available for every woman. So the thirty, you know, all the sizes. 24 to 32 will all like it always exists all the time for her. Basically it's not, not going to be sold out. Yeah. You can always learn and, and grow and it can even go, it can go further. I suppose it could go backward on the other end as well. I'm always, I'm always open for knowing more and having a larger reach. Like even just last night on social media, I wanted to put out an inquiry just asking women how they feel about running shorts. I'm just mm. very curious about the consensus of running shorts. Yeah, because right now you do leggings and tanks and you have this really cute cardigan and do you, you have sports bras on there too? No, but no, we're going to have yet. some uh, performance like crop tops. And I think, I mean, depending on what activity you're doing, it could act as the only thing you need to wear. But I mean, I personally would wear a sports bra under it. I think sports bra is like tricky territory, which yeah. we're we're going to need some time with, but trust me, like I would love to say I'm the person who came out with like the perfect sports bra, but I definitely don't want to do it wrong in the meantime. Yeah. Sports bras are so hard because truly like you have someone like me, like I can literally wear like a champion sports bra and not need nothing more, but like, (laughs) you know, everybody's so different. So yeah, that you have to have like different style types for the different people with different who knew like this, they're carrying <laughs> oh so crazy like who knew this like tube of lycra was the like the end-all be-all of activity because it really can like it can make or break your whole day yeah um but the tights are like those high-waisted tights which is works really well if you do want to like wear a sports bra with them because it goes up over the belly which like yeah. 
nobody, there are f- very few people in this world that can actually feel comfortable wearing tights that are lower than the belly with a sports bra. And the crazy thing is, I feel like we're always, every time we see these like cute sets of like workout gear and stuff, like it's always a super low rider with like a girl with a beautiful six pack. I mean, those girls look incredible, but I'm always looking at it like, well, I can't <laughs> I could never wear that. I can't run in that nor maybe wear. I don't know where I would wear that too, but you can always <laughs> admire it from afar. So I wanted to be a brand that gave you an element of like really cool street style. Cause I think that, you know, obviously we're in a time as well where it's like, you're going to put on this outfit and you might not ever make it to any sort of physical activity, gym experience or run or anything like you, this might just be your outfit for the day. And so I wanted it to be something that was really cool that you felt great in, but then also like could take you the distance of whatever you choose to do. I mean, I ran, I run all my races in day one leggings. I ran Boston, New York, all of them. So it's like when I tell you it's tried and tested and like ready to rock, (laughs) it's been through the ringer for sure. And then also like, you know, in the next breath, like I'm wearing it on on the plane to go to, to LA. I'm wearing like the star leggings and the cardigan all cozied up. So I just want, I wanted, I found that like so often I was having two different drawers that did two different things. Like these were my novelty leggings that were really, like really cute, but these are just for brunch. And then these are my ones that I can get really sweaty in. And I kind of just wanted like something that blended all those worlds that wasn't splashed in neon. Yeah. Yeah. I know. It's like every time I go to the gym, I like go in my workout clothes and then I take a shower and then I change back into like just different workout clothes. Honestly. Another kind. Yeah. yeah, yeah, just yeah. A different kind of workout okay. clothes. I mean, it was, it's like taking oh, the amount of spandex is t- even before like day one existed, obviously, but like the amount of spandex a girl can, can, can have is probably shocking. Yeah. So in modeling and running and starting your own business, what is a lesson that you'd still like to learn that you'd still like to kind of master? Hmm. Going with my gut. Yeah. <laughs> I would say, uh, just there's not much time for fear anymore. There's not time for, you know, holding back. If you don't step up, someone else will. Mm -hmm. And you're always going to wish that you had. Um, so, you know, I'm at a point where I, you know, I wish there's so much I would have accomplished even in my late twenties. I feel like I'm scrambling, like, well, when, you know, can I do it all? Can I do all these things that I dream of? And I know that I can, I just like get myself a little bit frantic about it, but I just, you know, no more, no more second guessing. Really. I, I spent too long doing that and limiting myself. So I want to master just crushing it from the start. <laughs> yeah. I was just talking to my husband about this. Cause it's like, I, I, you and I were like basically the same age and I, I was saying, I don't want the third, I don't want my thirties to go by because I know this is like such a great time, you know? And Um, sometimes I look at people in their mid twenties and I'm like, man, you still have so much more time. Uh, but then he's like, you know, I wouldn't trade being 34 to 24 any day right now. And I said, well, what if you knew what you knew now then though, then would you? (laughs) I know, I know. know? It's like, it does take, it takes a minute to zero in on it. And then you're like, oh my gosh, what a no brainer. Like yeah. I should have been doing this all this time. But then again, like we needed to be doing what we were doing yeah. at that time as well to be here. So once again, like it all happens as it should. But now I'm a bit like, all right, 
I feel like we're on a fast track and yeah. it's like making my head spin. <laughs> yeah, I know. So, time goes by so fast. But in a way, I've been preparing for it, un- unknowingly been preparing for it my whole life. So, you know, I guess I'm exact. I'm exactly where I should be because only now am I ready. Right. And I would before. But yeah, I mean, there's just so much that comes with that, that in a positive way that you learn, it's like, all right, well, hey, you're ready. You actually know what you're doing. Don't be scared. Go for it. So in, so you're 30, are you 33? 33, yep. 33. So in 30 years, when you're 63, 63? oh my gosh, what do you want people to remember, you know, 33 year old Candace as? Oh God, am I going to cry? Right Getting now? deep. I'm going <laughs> deep. Um, I want people to remember 33 year old Candace as a pioneer uh-huh. and someone who changed the game for the better, whatever that game might be. Maybe it is, it's the fitness world. Maybe it's the fashion world, but just someone who made another 33 year old woman at the time or a 13 year old woman at the time feel really great about who she is right now. And then I, I hope that they'll look back and say, you know, there was a turning point where I looked at myself differently and that's because this girl came along and said this or did this or, you know, sort of put these wheels in motion for me. So that's all I can hope there. What do you want to be doing when you're 63? God, I'm hopefully on a beach somewhere. Yeah, I know, right? Oh, I don't know. I mean, I think about it and my dad's 65 and he's still working and he's just like trucking along, but there isn't like anything he's like, racing to do or like filling all of his time with I feel like in a way like he's going through the motions and I know that that's something I I don't want to be doing yeah ever it's just like the same kind of day every day um so whatever it is I hope that I'm just still like waking up to new possibility and being open for things being active working on things I'm passionate about all by the seaside (laughs) yeah in in Hawaii somewhere yeah what's one thing professionally or personally you'd like to do that you haven't done yet hmm professionally I want to be a cover girl not the cover girl of a magazine but I want to be like cover girl easy beautiful the makeup cover girl girl. like Ellen That's another thing I've always talked about since I was a kid. Like that's something I've always like I've idolized. No, it's like no other makeup brand for some reason stuck the way CoverGirl stuck for me. But so that was just that's like a little hope and dream. Um, so if you plant that seed like on this podcast, maybe the executives at CoverGirl will be like, oh, yeah, we heard Candace on the I'll Have Another podcast. <laughs> Well, if only it would be that easy. Okay, well, then in that case, I need a serious round of funding for <laughs> – can we just plant all these seeds? No, yes, yes. We're that, we're that worldwide. <laughs> right, exactly. Um, personally, I mean, I feel like all personal wants and professional wants do kind of blur a line. Sure. Um, oh, I don't know. Should I bring it to running? I need a faster, I want a faster half marathon time. I was going to say, was your first marathon, was your second marathon faster than your first marathon? Only by a few minutes, but I really want to start. Look, if I'm being honest, like, I don't think that marathon 
running is like a really strong suit for me. I think that distance is like a little bit lofty and I just can't like, it's just not a sweet spot for me. I really do enjoy a half marathon distance. And I know that there's things that I can do differently in the training process to like get stronger and to have more endurance, which I kind of dropped the ball at in any process prior because, because of just like life traveling, whatever. And it's like, you know, we're, I'm lucky I got all the miles in that I needed to get in, but yeah, I didn't get to do like strength training as much as I'd like to, or PT or anything like that. So I would like to set myself up for as perfect of a race as I'm imagining in my head, like where I'm comfortable the whole time and, and I'm not like stressed out and nervous and I feel like really good to the finish line. So I'd like to treat myself to that opportunity. Yeah. I mean, the half marathon is just like so much more realistic for everyday life. You know, it's like you're training for a half marathon, your long runs 10 miles. That's a heck of a lot different than 20 miles. 20 miles, Exactly. And it's like, there's just so much that eventually I feel like, cause I'm just not, I'm not fast. And that's something that I'm not ashamed of. Like, yeah. I don't, I don't think that we're going to be shaving off like a ton of time here in any direction, like on a half or a full, but I mean, anyone, I mean, for me to be running almost like six hours for a marathon, like that's, it doesn't, it's just too hard. Like nobody should be doing that for six hours that there's so much breaks down at that point. Like you go the body, the mind, all of it. So it's like, I'd rather have fun for an entire half marathon distance and be strong the whole time. Yeah. And you're so glad you did the marathons, but like long-term, like you don't need to be doing like two a year forever. (laughs) This is true. We right. went so zero to 60. But like I said, I feel like I'm in a rush for things. I don't know yeah, why. Yeah. <laughs> well, you've got, well, you've got that done and you've, and you also ran like two of the most prestigious races out there. So there you go. It's crazy. Yeah. So, crazy. so awesome. If you had one message to send to the world, what would it be? Mm, be kind to yourself and to each other. What, if you could have coffee or cocktail with anybody fun who would it be okay well (laughs) I've been talking about this a lot recently I'm like I just want to pick the brain of the founder of supreme this sounds so random but like how did this brand that was like a t-shirt skate brand become like this worldwide phenomenon like people waiting in lines and just they would do anything for a supreme t-shirt I just from the business side of things I'm like how did you know what did you do I feel like that's a good coffee date like just how yeah and you're being productive do you know who the founder is yeah it's this guy uh his name is he's an English fellow okay James Jebbia I think James um yeah, it's just so the whole thing is just so fascinating. Like the whole yeah, James Jebbia. So I just want to make sure I have that right. Um just becoming like such a a trend, just like a worldwide social, like the coolest name around when really it came up like Supreme came up around the same time as other skate brands. Like how does one set itself like so significantly apart than the ones that are seemingly the same? I just thought that's just very cool. Um, but I would have a cocktail with (laughs) (laughs) Tiffany Haddish. Okay. I don't know who that is. She's a comedian and she's really popular right now. She's in a lot of movies. Oh, I'd probably recognize her, huh? Yeah. Oh my God. She's just so hilarious. What is she in? 
She was in Girls Trip, and then uh, she hosted Saturday Night Live recently. Oh, okay. She's in another show coming out on TV like this week, but she's like she's just hilarious. I just finished reading her book, and like it was the most fun. I read it in a day. I laughed my ass off. Even my father-in-law was like, I read it on vacation. We were all on like a family vacation, and everyone was like share with us what you're reading. And I'm like, I can't even, you either have to read it for yourself or maybe like not at all. Cause it might be like too risque to share with my father-in-law, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> absolutely hilarious. Um, very inspiring as well. And yeah, I think that would just be a really fun cocktail date. Okay. I'll Google her when we get off and I, I guarantee I'll know who it is. Oh, I- definitely. She's blowing up. She's, okay. she's, She'll be everywhere. She is everywhere and she'll be everywhere. Yeah, I'll be like, oh, okay, that person. Well, I love comedy. It's like my favorite thing to do is to watch stand-up or, you know, like that's my unwind is stand-up or like, you know, I love that HBO series Crashing with Pete Holmes. Have you seen that? No. It's really fun. He's really funny. No, Um, but I need a new show, so that's good. Yeah, and when nothing else is on, I just go to Hulu and I watch reruns of Saturday Night Live because it'll always make me happy. Oh, That seems so much better than watching like – reruns of Grey's Anatomy which just make you cry and that's right. what I do yeah get happy <laughs> uh what are you what are you most loving right now in in life just I mean apparel shoes coffee drinks what are you loving oh gosh well you hit a sweet spot there I can't get enough cold brew I mean I just like mainline cold brew all day even in the winter uh, yeah 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 I even got a cold brew maker for the house mm. It's like a little, it's like a special cold brew contraption for your refrigerator. It's that bad. <laughs> I know. Or that good. Yeah. Um, look, not to plug, but like yeah. day one leggings. Go hello. Yeah. Yeah. I'm living in those. Also, I love that like I, to go to like meetings and things, which are usually involved like conversations about day one, I can just wear leggings. Like I really set myself up for success here in making like this the most comfortable <laughs> brand to like attend actual events in. I'm like, I'm showing up in my leggings. I feel the same way. Like, uh, sometimes I do like, uh, local news spots on like running related things. Like I'll just like talk about training for the upcoming race that's in the area. And I'm like, this is perfect because I can like literally just wear workout clothes. I don't have to stress about like wearing anything fancy. We're the most comfortable people in the room at all time. Yeah. And I was like, and I don't look unprofessional because like, that's what my profession is. Exactly. Yeah. So that's, so I'm just like in, I'm in like a legging land. (laughs) Well, and just so listeners know, we are, I work, talked with Jesse on this. We are offering, we're going to offer a discount for day one. So everybody yes. can check it out. Yes. I'm so excited. Yes. And I hope everyone loves, and I love to just know things. So if anyone has any feedback about things, like I said, I was like inquiring about potential future shorts and the, oh yeah, it's, it's a very open, you know, I just, I don't, I'm not acting like I know best. And here are the things that you're going to get and you better just deal with it and like it. Like I want everyone, I want women who have been missing things and craving things and, and, you know, seeking certain things that they could never find. I want them to just let me know what's on their mind. I feel like let's make it a collab effort. Yeah. So the best, most recent book you've read is, is it the comedian's book? Oh yeah. What's it called? Tiffany Haddish. It's called the last black unicorn. Okay. The last black unicorn. Okay. Got it. All right. Well, Candace, thank you so much for coming on the show today and sharing your, your story and your life with us. Thank you. It's such a pleasure talking. So much fun.
Yeah. Well, I hope the weather gets better in New York and Indiana. <laughs> yes. Hope for all of us so we can get out and give our 30 minutes of yes. running to feel better. Exactly. Well, enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you. Have a good one. Bye. Bye. All right, everybody. Thanks so much for coming on the show today. Thank you, Candice, for sharing your story with us. Loved talking to you. Want to be friends with you. I'm going to knock your door down and come hang out in New York City next time I'm there because I go there so often. Actually, I've been there once. Yeah, once in my life. Um, Everybody laugh at me now, I know. Uh, You guys can follow Candice on Instagram with 210,000 other people. Uh, She's Candice Huffine, C-A-N-D-I-C-E, H-U-F-F-I-N-E. Check out day one. Go to your day one on Instagram. You guys, I have the day one tank, the white tank. You'll see it in a lot of their pictures. I love it. It's comfortable and I can even wear it pregnant. Check out their gear there. It is super cool. I love the PS you got this leggings. Pop over to Instagram and find me as well. I'm lindsayhine626. And like I said... Join at the beginning of the show, join our Facebook group. Come get in on the action. It's so much fun over there. You guys, if you're looking for more content from me, you can find that on my Patreon page, patreon.com slash lindsayhine, where I do bonus episodes over there. And thank you. Big thank you to everybody listening today. And big thank you to our sponsors, Prep Dish. Go to prepdish.com slash another. Use the code another to get a free, absolutely free two-week trial. Check that out. Let me know what you think. And don't forget about Casper's Memorial Day sale. Go to casper.com slash savings to receive 10% off your order with any mattress purchase. That offer expires May 29th, 2018. Terms and conditions apply. And go check out those mushroom coffees. Actually, check out the lattes. They're really good. Forsigmatic.com slash another. Use the code another for 15% off your order. All right, guys. I hope you're having a great week. I hope you're excited about the weekend like I am and have a great Friday. As always, I will see you next Friday.